Hi, my name's Londe Yusuf. And my name is Reggie Williams. And we're the co-founders of Black Film Space. Black Film Space is a grassroots organization dedicated to enhancing the skill sets of black filmmakers and building a community of creatives. We host events such as screenwriting workshops, panels, mixers, and other events that are designed to support black content creators. In the next episode of the Black Film Space podcast, we interview Drew Dougal, a writer's assistant and screenwriter. Drew has worked on Lovecraft Country as a writer's PA, Central Park as a showrunner's assistant, and the upcoming Netflix comedy, The Upshaws, as a writer's assistant. We talk with Drew about her experience as a writer's assistant, the benefits of the Writer's Assistant Network Workshop, and how her craft has improved by being a writer's assistant. And now, on to our interview. All right, Drew, thank you for joining us on the Black Film Space podcast. How are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing amazing. Good, good, Doing amazing. Good, good. Really, uh, really excited to uh, chat with you about uh, being a, a writer's assistant and a writer. So there, there are a lot of paths to becoming a TV writer. Why did you choose to become a writer's assistant? Um, I think right, being a writer's assistant, you get the best firsthand knowledge of what the writer's room is going to be like. So you're literally able to sit in a room with writers, you're taking notes and you know, you're in this hub where all these other writers are pitching ideas and just talking story. And I really think it's the best way to get like firsthand experience, you know, just directly with what you would actually be doing as a writer. So can you tell us about your trajectory from starting yeah. off as a PA and mm -hmm. then getting to where you are now? Yeah. Um, so I actually started in um, unscripted television and I worked as an assistant to um, two creators of a show, the show called Black Love. Um, and from, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from there, um, I transitioned. I did a lateral move into becoming a writer's PA. Um, and that was on Lovecraft Country with HBO. So that was like my first scripted job, which was really awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, from there, I just kind of worked my way up. Um, and I knew somebody in the Lovecraft room. And that's how I was able to kind of maneuver over after I had the interview. Worked on that show for probably five, six months. And then I actually got the opportunity to work with um, a showrunner on this show called Central Park. Um, and it was her first show. And I interviewed with her for her assistant. And so mm -hmm. when I interviewed with her, you know, she was just kind of looking for somebody who kind of knew the ropes already a little bit. And I had already worked with uh, Tommy and Cody at Black Love. And, um, you know, she just needed somebody who was going to kind of already know what was going on and get in there and kind of help her organize everything. So I interviewed with her and we hit it off. And then from there, I became her assistant for about a year. So I worked on the show at Central Park for that amount of time. And then I kind of transitioned. Um, the showrunners changed. So I, I ended up working with two new showrunners and I worked under them for another like half of a year or so. And when Regina, Regina was my first showrunner, when she got her show on Netflix, The Upshaw, she brought me on starting as her assistant again and then bumped me up to a writer's assistant. So that's kind of the trajectory. And that happened over the course of three, four years, three and a half years. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a process <laughs> for sure. 
what was it like transitioning from unscripted to scripted? Because that's mm-hmm. my background too and unscripted and it's like been yeah. challenging to translate or to get people to realize that I can easily translate those skills into narrative projects. Yeah, I would say the one thing is I was really, I was like the jack of all trades <laughs> and unscripted. So being an assistant to two like head writers, creators of the show, you literally are doing everything. So, I mean, you're, you're scheduling meetings, you are, you know, you're organizing the office, you're coordinating with shoots happening, you are doing personal runs, you're getting lunch, you're doing everything. So I really just use those skills and just pitch myself as basically being able to do the same thing as a writer's PA, which is kind of the same type of stuff, right? Because it's an entry level job. So, um, I really went in there and I was just like, I already have all the skills that you guys need. I just am trying to move into scripted television. So, you know, just kind of really playing that up, all my skills, and I was able to kind of transition easily. Got it. Got it. If there are any differences, what, what are the differences between when you were, were a PA for the, the Black Love mm-hmm. Black and Love, yeah. Lovecraft Country? At Black Love, I probably did more development coordinating type things so like for example it was more like doing research it was coordinating meetings it was a little bit of everything so I kind of I was I was almost kind of like a showrunner's assistant and a PA in that role when whereas whereas it transferred over to scripted it was getting lunch it was just making sure the writers were okay um it was reading outlines, um, setting up volunteer meetings. So it was a little bit less, but the thing is within the scripted television at Lovecraft, I think it really it was more being in the room. So for example, it was like more access to the writers, like working in an unscripted, there wasn't any type of writer's room. It was really just the creators booking guests and I was helping to facilitate that. And at Lovecraft, it was like, I'm literally around all these writers and I'm getting to learn from them directly, which is directly what I wanted to do. So it was being able to just kind of sit in the room sometimes and also just be around, you know, all these writers who are writing all these scripts. So you get like direct experience doing what you want to do. Whereas like unscripted, it wasn't exactly the trajectory that I was going for. So, you know, moving into scripted, I think it was, it's, it just balanced itself out a little bit better for me. Got it. Got it. What and what did you observe from the writers at Lovecraft Country? Like what what are some of the things that you picked up? Oh my god, they're so smart. <laughs> they are so smart. Um first of all, really structuring a story and really getting in deep and diving deep into whatever the story is that they're talking about that they're trying to break. They had such deep conversations. Um, and you, if you like watch Lovecraft Country now, like you'll see how detailed it is. It's like historical context. It's the drama of it. It's the family drama. It's, but it's really diving into all of those minutia details and aspects of it that you don't really get working in. Well, I don't want you to say working in unscripted, but you only get working in a writer's room. And really just how to break a story, right? Like, because... Coming into this, I think I took, I took about two or three classes, but I, like, I didn't go to school for screenwriting or writing for television. So, you know, really was like learning as I go. So it was really breaking the story and how to do beat sheets and how to do outlines and, you know, how to weave together the different stories. So the character arcs match, you know, just things like that. Um, 
that you just learn just by just sitting in the room and watching them. And what what is a beat sheet? So a beat sheet is um, when you have beats of the different episodes, it's like, this is what we want to happen during this episode with each character. So it's the beats, the plot beats. So for example, if say we were trying to work up a scene where somebody ends up dying. I don't know. <laughs> I'm throwing this out there. Somebody ends up dying. Yeah. No, no, no. Definitely. I'm not in love for acting. <laughs> but in, in, it's in general, like a show, somebody ends up dying and we need to work up the different things that happen up until that point. So it's the different beats that the characters are going to go through, the different plot points until we get to that final scene of them dying, if that makes sense. So it's just putting, kind of playing around with them, um, with plot. And what's the difference between a, a beat sheet and an outline? Because they sound pretty similar. Well, a beat sheet is just, it's bulleted points, whereas an outline is more flesh, it's, it's more detail fleshed out. So a beat sheet might just be, you know, he goes to the bathroom and it being fleshed out is like, oh, he goes to the bathroom and in the bathroom he finds uh, you know, a hammer and he decides he wants to break the window and cry, crawl out the, the window or something like that. So it's just more fleshed out in terms of the gotcha. actual story. Can you talk to us about your experience at the Writer's Assistant Network? <laughs> oh, go on. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had applied, they were looking for writers of color for a writer's workshop of, I think it was 10 of us. I believe it was 10 writers. And it was a competition that I applied to and I got in. And essentially we met, um, I should say it's, it was created by Brandon Tenori. He's super awesome. And like, they really helped me, I think with my career so far. Um, but it was just a workshop where 10 writers got together and we could workshop two of our scripts. So I had submitted originally um, one drama script that got me um, to be a finalist. And then when we got into the room, everybody got to read their scripts and we got to give feedback to everybody else. You know, they gave me feedback on my scripts and I also gave feedback on all the other writers. And we just kind of went around the room and workshopped the scripts. So basically talked about, um, you know, breaking down the structure or we're saying, you know, certain parts of the story don't make sense or this character doesn't seem like they would do this. So everybody kind of got to give their input and we met once a week um, for a few hours and we just kind of talked about that. So everybody was able to workshop their different scripts to get it to a point where it was good to be put in front of like managers or agents. Got it. Can you explain what the writer's assistant network is and like, I guess, what are the benefits of it? Yeah. So the writer's assistant network is, it's a network where it's essentially a room where writers come together to, um, to workshop their scripts. So Brandon put it together and I'm not sure what year he did. I want to say maybe, maybe like 2015, 2014, don't quote me on that. <laughs> but um, he brought, he brings a group of writers together and essentially it's just to get them ready, get them ready for the next phase of writing and help them get representation. So um, most of the writers, you have to at least be a showrunner's assistant or a writer's assistant in a room already and you can apply. Um, and once you apply, then you're able to um, hopefully if you get accepted, then you're able to just workshop your scripts. Um, but it's really just a way to help writers get to the next level and to be able to really streamline their, their scripts and their process. What was your biggest takeaway from that experience overall? 
it just ha- just being in a writer's room because it really felt as if um, I would say to a writer's room of my peers. I should say that because you know a lot of times when you're in these writers' rooms, you're around experienced writers, writers who have been doing this for you know ten plus years, and it was just nice to be in a room with all people who are similar levels, but they've also worked in different rooms, so they bring different ideas and just concepts and what they've learned to your story. So you're just learning a lot and you all are building as you go. Got you. So tell us a typical day of a writer's assistant. You wake up, you walk Mm -hmm. into the office, start to finish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, You wake up, you walk into the office, you you get your coffee. I might I go into the writer's room. I I get the computer set up. Uh, make sure any you know any index cards are up on the board that need to be up. If the whiteboard needs to be cleaned from ideas that we talked about the previous day, I might make sure that's cleaned, or I might make sure it's just there for the writers to see. Mm-hmm. I put the the most recent notes up on screen. So in our writer's room, we had two monitors. So I would put the the notes up on my computer. They would stream on the monitors. And I might say, okay, this is what we talked about yesterday. And these are the things we need to talk about today. So the writers will come in or they might already be in there, depending. And then literally the showrunner will come in and say, okay, we're talking about how Timmy lost his tooth today, right? (laughs) Or whatever the thing is. And um, we need to figure out how we got how we get to that point. So then the writers will riff off of each other and they'll pitch ideas. Um, and I'm literally just taking notes. I'm taking notes, taking notes, taking notes, writing stuff, you know, organizing it as I go and really trying to listen to all the different pitches in the room, getting all the information down. Um, I worked in a comedy room, so it was a lot of jokes being pitched, a lot of jokes being pitched. So making sure I get kind of all that information, organizing it, and then we might break for lunch and we might come back after lunch and essentially do the same thing, but on a different topic. So it's a lot of just, it's a lot of note taking, (laughs) you know, a lot of just sitting in the room, organizing and making sure that you have everything down that they're saying. I feel like being a writer's assistant could be intense or intimidating, particularly when you first start. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. I think when I first sat in a room, when I was on Central Park and I first sat in a room, I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get all this information. And I type pretty fast. You know what I mean? Like I'm a pretty, right. I move fast. I, I can get most of the things down, but it was a matter of not knowing like, okay, well, what's important and read it, like learning how to read the room. So sometimes the writers might go off on tangents. And so they're, they start talking about, something that is related, but not directly related to the story. And I'm trying to write all that stuff down. And, you know, the showrunner will be like, oh, you don't need to get that. You know what I mean? So like learning to read the room and make sure I'm getting the right information down was a learning curve for me. I mean, it wasn't hard, but it was definitely a learning curve. And then just also remembering, like you're kind of the gatekeeper to everything that is has been talked about that season. <laughs> so you kind of have to remember... You know, the writers will say, oh, well, there was a character that we thought about bringing in in episode six or whatever, for example. And we had a name for that character. What was the name of it? And what was their purpose? Like, and you should know that as a writer's assistant because you've been in charge of, you know, keeping the documentation and keeping the notes. 
So, you know, it was really just making sure I had like a process for remembering all of those things and just a good organizational style for that. But yeah, starting out, I was like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Am I getting all the information down? And then also too, you know, even the way I would have to organize it. When I first started doing it, you know, a writer would pose a question and I would write the question and then I would write, I would summarize everybody's answer and kind of put it in a paragraph, <laughs> right? Which like visually, if they're looking at a monitor, they can't, it's just hard to read, right? So just knowing how to just bullet point it out and make, you know, making sure it looks clean for them to actually take a look at, that was also really important. So, you know, just learning how to structure the notes so it's clear and easily legible, things like that. When I first started out, it was a challenge, but now now it's easier, but you learn something every day. So in terms of like, I know you said that the writers are super smart, mm -hmm. but when folks are kind of like at the point where they get hired for a show, mm -hmm. what level of skill do you think they have? Because, you know, a lot of people get into these writers' rooms through programs, through schools, through knowing somebody. Did you see like a difference and how maybe people's backgrounds impacted the way they navigated these writers' rooms? Yes. So I would say that it's funny because I talk about, on my channel, I talk about like ex having experience and different experience doing different things. And it really does help you to have a diverse background, in my opinion. This is not always the case, obviously. Yeah. But in my opinion, it helps to have a diverse background and be, you know, doing something else before you're a writer in a room because then you're brought in and you're you can speak specifically to whatever the subject is so for example you know let's say you're working on um how to get away with murder or something for example and you have a lawyer background well that's helpful because the whole show is based around law you know so just kind of having those specific novelties that you bring to the room i think is really important um okay. but also i mean some people are really, some people like for comedy rooms, some people are really good with jokes. You know, some people have the same sensibilities as the showrunner in terms of that. So that's why they're, they're hired. Some people are really good with um, history or historical context, you know, or they, they bring specific knowledge of something they've studied or they've worked through in their past career. So, you know, it really all depends. I think as a staff writer, I don't know what the key is yet because I'm not staffed yet. I don't know what the key what the key is. Soon, 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 soon. But like all different reasons, you know. Sometimes staff writers just come on because you know they've been working as writers assistants for years, and somebody finally recognizes them and values them and pulls them up, you know. And it's just that simple. And they may not have anything specific that they bring, but it's like they've just been working enough that they they know the structure, they know the tone of the show, the style of the show kind of benefits them that way and they're just pulled up. So it depends. Can you also talk about the importance of the relationship with the showrunner? Mm -hmm. It's really important to know who you're working for. Knowing who, who the showrunner is, like what they've done, what the types of shows they've worked on and what they like is important. And I mean, that really only comes with, I think, knowing them personally or just watching the types of shows or knowing the types of shows that they've been on. For example, I'll take like Regina. Like, I love her. She's the showrunner on the Upshaws. Um, like, she's worked on multicam shows for most of her career, but she also worked on the L Word. But, you know, she has a strong history in like comedy and family shows and working, you know, working on black television. So she has a lot of that 
know-how and that knowledge. And she looks for people who are different than her, but also somebody who's similar to her too. Knowing that about her is really good. You know, the showrunners, they don't want themselves in the room. They want something different. So knowing like what you can speak to in a room that, you know, maybe the showrunner doesn't have knowledge of or isn't quite familiar with, I think that's really important. Sounds like in combination with having writing talent, your world views and personal experiences has a, have a lot to do with mm-hmm. why somebody would consider you for a job. Oh, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, of course, you, yeah, you definitely have to have talent. But I honestly think that you're sitting in a room with writers for eight to 10 hours a day. So they want to like you at the end of the day. You know what I mean? They want to at least be able to get along with you. Right. Not that you're not going to have disagreements and go back and forth about certain things, but you should have a personality. You should be kind, be friendly, you know, be personable. Like those things really matter. And they go a long way too, because at the end of the day, you can teach somebody how to like break a story. You can teach somebody structure. You can teach somebody how to write a script, but what you can't teach is somebody to just be a good person. You know what I mean? And to somebody to just, you know, be cool and be, be willing to learn. You can't teach those type of things. So I think that sometimes is even more important than having the writing ability. Cause like I said, you can teach somebody how to, how to write a script, to be honest. You know what I mean? So that's really important. So you, you mentioned uh, eight to 10 hour days. I always uh-huh. thought the the hours were like 12 to 14 hours. During production, they can be that long. But if you're just in the room when you're breaking story to start out, it's typically, you might start at 10 and the room might wrap at six, maybe seven. As a writer's assistant, you're in the room a little bit earlier. So you're there maybe at 9.30. The room will wrap at, let's say six. And then you might still be working on getting the notes out maybe for another hour, hour and a half, depending on how well you kept organization while the room was actually going. So your days might be a little bit longer than the writers, but typically it's like eight to 10 hour days with the writers. Uh, that's, not, that's not bad at all. Yeah, it's not, it's not crazy. <laughs> it's not crazy. I, I've heard horror stories. Like I've heard horror stories of rooms being like, like you're pulling overnighters. Like, you know what I mean? When yeah. you, especially when you go into production and, you know, maybe scenes get cut and you're you're literally reworking or rewriting whole pages. There's that. But I have been fortunate not to be in, in that situation, in those scenarios. So I'm blessed. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Have you had any experiences where there's like hard deadlines and the writers are not panicking, but really like intense, like, yo, we got to get this done right now type of vibe? I've been fortunate. I haven't. I haven't. I mean, I think like all the showrunners have been really, really good at their jobs and they're very, they're very mindful. I would say too, of just people having families and, you know, just have like, they have their own families too. You know what I mean? So I haven't experienced those crazy nights where it's like, oh my gosh, we're going to be here till super late. There have been times when, you know, we might get a notes back from the network and whole pages need to be reworked or transitioned or moved and like I might be there working later with like the showrunner or maybe a couple of the EPs and we're just kind of formulating the script and moving things around and editing it but nothing that's like nothing crazy like nothing nothing that I'm like oh my god I, I was about to die nothing like that <laughs> that's, re- that's, <laughs> so, refreshing. that's refreshing yeah it's refreshing it's I think I've been fortunate because I've heard stories about that I'm like no I hope so never so <laughs> 
any of your jobs, are there other writer's assistants or showrunner's assistants, or is it mm-hmm. just you? So when I first started, when I was a writer's PA on Lovecraft, the writer's assistant, she got a script, and so I sat in for her a little bit. And so that's kind of how I started getting a taste of like the writer's assistant world. But she was, she was still the main writer's assistant. Then when I moved on to, to becoming a showrunner's assistant, there was a point in that room on Central Park where the room would split. So we would have two separate rooms. So that's when I sat in as a writer's assistant most of the time. Um, so then technically, yeah, it was two of us, you know, because there was a writer's assistant, then there was me, and I was functioning as both a showrunner's assistant and a writer's assistant. And then at the, my Netflix show, it's also two of us. I was a writer's assistant, but then we also have a script coordinator who was also helping at functioning as writer's assistant too. So I've predominantly had at least a little bit of help along the way with somebody else kind of as I was learning to teach me or I'm teaching somebody else. Usually though, there's just one writer's assistant in a room, typically. Can you talk about how your role might change a little bit while shows in production versus pre-production? Yeah. So the writer's room, in the beginning, you're just in the writer's room and it's like you with the writers, you're taking notes. As production starts, let's say when, for example, something is being shot down on stage or down on set and a script or a page needs to change because the uh, actors are saying it a different way or the showrunner wants, um, wants something to be cut out or they want a punch up on a joke or something to that, a punch up is a, um, making a joke funnier then they might say, okay, we need that from the writer's room. So while the showrunner is down on set, she'll send, you know, she'll send the showrunner's assistant back up to the room and say, hey, we need these pages or we need a couple of these jokes changed. And so the writer's assistant in the room is working with the writers to get that changed. And then they send the, that copy of the script or that those updates down to the showrunner so that the show can keep on moving. If that, does that make sense? Sorry, I know that I kind of ran through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so it's really just going from we're just all in the room taking notes to we might have to do some changes, some rewrites really quickly on the fly and making sure we get that done and sent back out to the production that's happening on the stage. Has there ever been a scenario where the writer's room made some alterations and the director was like, ah, no. Sometimes, but that really would fall on um, the showrunner. It wouldn't really fall on the director. It would fall on the showrunner to be like, "Eh, I don't know that I want this. But most of the time, before it even gets like into the hands of the director or the the actors, like she'll she'll be like, okay, yeah, this is good. Or she'll veto it and say, no, we need something else and then we'll change it and then it'll be fine. But yeah, it's never never like everything has changed and then she's like no you all the work that you guys did no never no it's not that yeah she's, okay she pretty much she, yeah she agrees before it gets to it gets to be shot do you ever have any um creative input oh yes and no <laughs> i mean i think as a writer's assistant like you you want to you want to pitch sometimes but really you should just be sitting and kind of learning the room and if I might pitch something small if let's say the writers are really stuck on something and you know they've worked through a couple of different ways that they're trying to fix this story and they can't then I might say oh well maybe you know and I'll pitch a small idea you know and if that'll be my creative input <laughs> you know what I mean and sometimes it's taken most of the times it just kind of helps to th- get the writers in a different thinking in a different direction or maybe thinking about a different story and then you know it kind of helps them 
move from there and help the process continue. I would probably say yeah, that way, or I think it's sometimes in casting, you know, sometimes in casting, the showrunner will ask, okay, well, here are some options for, you know, this person in the script and she'll throw it to the writer's room and the writer's room will watch the casting videos and we'll give our feedback or our input on who is saying, you know, the words the best or how we feel is best correlating with the script. So that in that way we give creative input. I remember at Lovecraft, I actually was able to write a one pager, like the network needed a one pager of the script, just a summary. And I, re I remember because I was so nervous writing it, but yeah, they needed a one pager. And I had to, you know, basically I read the script and I had to just kind of summarize it and knock it down to one page. And I, you know, I sent that to the showrunner and she was like, this is great. And she sent it out. But so that way, you know, that was something small, but that was a way of giving my creative input. So, so I just look for little opportunities to kind of be proactive and put myself out there a little bit, but not, not too much, if that makes sense. Got you. No, that makes sense. Can you tell us about <laughs> maybe like one of your biggest lessons on this job where you, you know, I mean, we all make mistakes where we all have room for growth, but there was, was there ever a scenario where you were like, okay, I'm never letting that happen again. <laughs> and how did you resolve it? Well, there was, this was small, but it kind of was a, it was a writer's assistant showrunner. Like I was, there was a time when I was both showrunner's assistant and writer's assistant. <laughs> so I was doing like multiple things. And I remember I was working with the script coordinator and we sent out pages, like the, the room had just finished updating the script and we sent out pages um, to be printed out and sent around to the cast and crew. <laughs> and that was before the showrunner had taken a look at them. <laughs> so. Which it was Ooh. fine because we just, we voided it and, you know, we sent out the right page of that right after we sent an email. But it was, it was just one of those times where I was just like, oh shit, everybody got the, <laughs> everybody got this new script and it's the wrong script and they haven't even updated the right one. You know what I mean? So yeah, that was definitely one of those times. And I was like, oh my bad, that will never happen again. You know, make sure the showrunner has seen it first eps have seen it she okays it everything smooth before it goes out but um yeah that was definitely a time and you know it wasn't crazy it was just you know it was a mistake but it was like oh that's not right that's not good so definitely we we, we were mindful about that after like let's make sure we get a hundred percent yes before these scripts are sent out right right for <laughs> Cause, sure yeah because everybody got it we were like oh okay so now that was now you uh you have a manager. Do you have an yeah. agent as well? I do. Yeah, I got both my agent and manager this year. That's Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited about it. Is that a typical uh is that typical for writers assistants? Um I think in time. Yeah, I think it depends on where you are. Like the writers assistant network, they were the ones who really helped me with that. So after we finished the I'm going to call it one, the one program they had a manager mixer. So basically different managers came and got to meet the writers. So I think that really helped because I got to meet a lot of different managers. And actually I met my agent there because um, he was like the only agent there. And I remember him being there and he reached out to me like the next day and was like, hey, we want to talk to you and bring you in. And I was like, oh my God, ah. And then my managers reached out. They weren't at the mixer the, itself, but they reached out to me separately. So. Um, 
I think really through that network that really helped me get my manager and agent. Um, I think people get it different ways, though, to be honest. I mean, sometimes it's after you go through, you might win like the Nichols Fellowship or Sundance Episodic Lab or something. Like you might go through a program and you get it that way. Or, you know, I know staff writers who they've just been pulled up, you know, from the showrunner just hired them as a staff writer. And then once they were actually in the room is when they finally got their agents or managers, you know? So I think it just, it can happen different ways. I do think, I don't, I don't know if it's typical, but I do know a lot of writers assistants who they get to a point where they eventually do get managers and agents. Um, I, but the process and the, the length of time it takes is different for everybody. Gotcha. How, how has, I mean, I'm sure it can be implied, but I'd love to hear specific on how having an agent and a manager has improved your career, mm-hmm. or made it easier. They, so the biggest thing so far, cause I've only had them now for maybe like both of them for like five, six months. Um, the biggest thing is getting me general meetings. So these are meetings where I'm meeting with different executives of either development companies or current executives and they're sending me out. And so getting my name out there and talking to them about what I want to write and who I am um, and just my process and my background that, definitely like that significantly has helped me because I just feel one I feel more equipped to when I start pitching ideas to do to pitch ideas (laughs) so that's the first thing but then just just even getting comfortable talking to somebody you know in these meetings because I get very like I'm a very nervous person (laughs) so I get um nervous with the idea of trying to sell myself quote unquote and I think having these general meetings has really helped ease that way in for me and that's something that I wouldn't have been able to do without a manager or agent I mean I probably could meet with a few people here and there you know because it's kind of all who you know right they they kind of serve as the gatekeepers like having a manager agent almost gives you a little bit more credibility quote unquote it shouldn't be that way but whatever that's how kind of the system is set up but that's what it is yeah it gives you a little bit more credibility into you know, getting in front of these executives because it's almost like, okay, you're vetted now. Now you have representation, you know what I mean? So I definitely think that way so far they've helped me. And also too, just, they really helped streamline me. My managers in particular, um, Devin and Krista, they're amazing. They really helped streamline me in terms of what I need to be working on. So I'll have a bunch of different ideas and I want to be working on everything, but they're like, no, okay, we got to finish this script they give me notes, they give me fed feedback on it so then I can get it out to, you know, the executives or whoever, whoever they need to send it out to to try to get staffed, you know? So instead of me jumping around and being like, oh, I'm going to dabble in trying to write this movie, I'm going to dabble in trying to, you know, do this other thing over here. So just things like that, they really help to streamline. And I think that's, for me, that is something that is significant and that I know I need, so. That's amazing. Yeah. That's they're, amazing. They're great. Yeah, thank you. How do you prepare for these general meetings? In the beginning, I I didn't know I didn't prepare. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> right, I'm sure. I was like, what am I? Is this an interview? What is happening? I don't know. Um, first thing is just doing a little research on the company and mm-hmm. research on who I'm talking to. So you know, if I'm know if I'm talking to a development executive who's somebody to just help, who's someone who helps develop ideas, or know if I'm talking to like a current executive who's somebody who's working currently in television, and um, they're looking for people to staff rooms or they're looking for people to pass along to different showrunners. So just knowing the difference with that helped. Cause I've mostly been talking to development executives 
So yeah, doing a little research on them and knowing their company and what they, the types of shows or the types of films that their company acquires. That's the first thing. Um, and then for yourself, like I would say having a little bit of an elevator pitch, a little like three to five minutes spiel about who you are and you know what you want and the types of shows that you're interested in and also what you're looking to do long-term. And I say three to five minutes, but typically these calls are like an hour or so. So you're FaceTiming, Zooming with them for an hour. So you get more comfortable and things come out naturally, but just kind of knowing who you are and what you want long-term, that helps um, to talk to them about. And yeah, I think just, just be yourself. Like just know, just know that, and this is one of the biggest things I learned is like, know that they're looking for the next thing. They're looking for the next big thing. So if you, you know, you, you trying to be the next big thing, right? So yeah, like just go in there with that attitude and go in there, like, you know what you're talking about. You know, they want to help you. You're looking for somebody, you're looking for a partner or somebody to partner with to do, either to develop ideas or to, to get staff. So, you know, you're really trying to help each other. So if you kind of go in there like that, that's kind of how I prepare just mentally and just like emotionally, you know, as I'm going into these meetings. Gotcha. Does your representation support with you getting writer's assistant jobs as well? Or is it, are they just focused on getting you staffed and like development deals and stuff? Yeah, they're really, they're really focused on getting you staffed and getting you development deals and getting you to pitch ideas to these different companies. I guess they could help you get writer's assistant jobs, but I think by the time you get to representation level, you know, you're trying to get in, you're trying to break into the next arena. So you're trying to get staff, you're trying to, you know, move up in, in the WGA world, you know? I will say though, in a, in a way, it, it actually, it has helped me in that I've had general meetings and, you know, the state of the world, it's COVID, right? That was the pandemic. And sometimes on the general meetings, they're like, well, are you still open to being a writer's assistant? And I'm like, oh, it depends. Like, it depends on what the opportunity is. But they, somebody who I'm talking to, they might know. This actually just happened to me the other day. They might know an opportunity for a writer's assistant that's coming out. And so they might just pass your resume along just because. You know what I mean? So it kind of helps in that kind of backwards way. But directly, your managers or agents are trying to get you, you know, to the next level of your career. When you pitch ideas, how many are you typically prepared to pitch? Oh, I'm, so I'm not in the pitching ideas phase yet, <laughs> but okay, cool. Um, you, I think one at a time. I mean, well, I should no, I should say this. I think you go in having your one main idea that you're trying to pitch, but also have work through maybe two or three other ideas that you're interested in, just in case. You meet with an executive and they're just like, oh, you know, we have something similar to this idea, but do you have anything else? You know what I mean? Then you have a couple ideas that you're like, oh, well, I've been working on this kids movie and you know what I mean? This is what I'm thinking about doing with it. It doesn't necessarily have to be fully fleshed out, but just having kind of some nuggets that you can pass along. I think that helps. But yeah, I'm in the phase now where I'm like putting together pitch decks and trying to learn that side of it and, you know not psych myself out so <laughs> I'm okay. in that place now yeah yeah now because you know people always say yeah you can have your main script but you need to have at least two other completed mm -hmm. scripts mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. just like geez and you gotta have the pitch decks and the budget and the yeah. team cast and the blah 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 so yeah it's I'm learning a lot I mean a lot of times they say you know when you come to pitch first of all as a newbie writer like as a writer's assistant who hasn't even been staffed yet 
it's still, um, it's early. Like they would most, even if I pitched them an idea, what I'm getting is like, they would probably pair me with either with a showrunner or they would pair me, or I should come in with, I should come in working with somebody who has a little bit more experience or Mm. I should come in, you know, with an actor or an actress attached or a director attached, you know, somebody with a name. I know I'm just like okay well we're just gonna let's just work on this pitch deck first (laughs) (laughs) step step one let's just start here um but that you know not that they won't take my pitches or that they wouldn't buy them or anything like that but it does and I think that's with everyone right it does help to come in with a fully fleshed out package as opposed to just like an idea you know yeah so there's that but you can't let that deter you. You still got to like do the work and put together the, the package itself as best you can and then work on the other pieces later. How has your experience as a writer's assistant influenced your writing abilities? Mm. Definitely in terms of just how I write. Like I am able to streamline my ideas into a much clearer path, like a much clearer outline. And I think that's something I learned in the room. Like I tend to have a lot of fluff and I'll, you know, I kind of want to throw in all the dialogue, all the act, you know what I mean? Like I'll I'll do too much (laughs) basically when I first started out. And I I think as a writer's assistant, you really learn how to um, get to the story and get to the point of what you're going to say. You know, like in every scene, for example, you know, there has to be what's called a turn. So there has to be, you start out, the scene starts out with um, something happening that's positive. By the end, it either needs to be negative or vice versa. You know what I mean? There needs to be a turn within the characters as they develop. So just like little things like that, I'm more mindful of, you know, at the end of every act break, there should be a, where there ideally would be like a commercial, Um, even if it's not a network, it's, it's cable so you're writing toward kind of act break so at the end it's like there has to be a oh my gosh moment that kind of pulls the viewer back in and wants them makes them want to come back and watch the rest of the show that type of thing so just kind of knowing the structure I think has helped me significantly um and that's only something I mean I took classes and I kind of got it but really seeing writers do that in the room and saying, you know, we're not we're not getting to the point of what this scene is about and being able to really, you know, just really cut through the fluff, I think has really helped me a lot with my writing. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. So you you've written on uh not written, but you were you were a writer's assistant on Lovecraft Country and I was well. a writer no, I was a writer's PA on Lovecraft Country and then I was a showrunner's assistant on Central Park, which is the Apple show. And then I was writer's assistant on The Upshaws, which is a Netflix show. Got you. Got yeah. you. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Those are different genres. Mm-hmm. So what, what genre are you into oh, writing? Drama. Definitely. Drama. I, yeah, I love, like, Lovecraft Country is, like, my quintessential show. I loved it. Like, it has, it's the dark drama. It's the family dynamic. It is a little bit, it's a period piece, it's history. Um, it still deals with a little bit of science fiction, which I like. I like the whole mythology aspect and the religion versus spirituality aspect of it. Like you just, you cover a lot of different topics. And I love, in general, I really like Octavia Butler, you know, like her, her as an author. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of similar in that way. So those are the type of shows like I gravitate to. Like American Gods, for example, is mm-hmm. like a, a good example of having like, 
though that family dynamic that mythology that sci-fi but it's also it's centered around black characters like yeah definitely dramas that's that's my thing got you do, yeah. do you feel like you've taken anything from uh working on central park mm-hmm. as far mm-hmm. as like your abilities and, and your drama writing um, not my drama writing, but that was a completely animated show. So that was just new for me because I'd never worked in an animated room. I wasn't even sure what the process was. So just really learning about, um, you know, how they have to do storyboards and the animation side of it and, um, you know, how they send out their uh, storyboards overseas to get kind of created and then they have, they send it back and then just that process of it was, was really new to me. Um, and so I learned a lot there. Um, the writer's room itself, pretty, I want to say pretty straightforward, you know, breaking story. Um, but yeah, I think just the process of it, it was, it was really cool to see like from, from the concept of it to actually like you're seeing stick figures and then you're seeing like it fleshed out more and then you're seeing the actual final draft of this cartoon you know what I mean and it goes through so many different phases in terms of just like what the animators do to create the faces and just things like that um, I was unaware of so that that part of it was really cool and like I am interested in one day in writing like a kids movie so just to know that is like you know it's dope so. Awesome, awesome. And uh, when when you're when you're working on these shows, what is your writing regimen like? You mind uh, sharing like how often you write, or mm-hmm. if you have like a writing partner that you you know work I, with? No writing partner. It's just me. But when I'm working on the shows, I tip. Well, so I'm typically at work. Let's say eight eight to ten hours. So I might get home at like eight thirty nine let's say then I will I'll have dinner <laughs> and then probably from like 10 30 through 12 30 or one in the morning I, I'll write so um and that's just the, the time I take to just write for myself um and if depending on where I am with my own scripts like I, if I'm if I'm trying to figure out who these characters are then I'm I'm doing that I might be doing research for myself or I might actually be working on a couple of different scenes. Um, I give myself, I give myself a time limit. So even if, like, even if I have more things to say after like four hours, I'm like, no, I'm gonna stop at four hours. But I just make sure that I'm sitting down to write for a certain amount of time, whatever your amount of time is. It could be whatever, but mine is like typically I try to do four hours, at least, at least three to four days a week um, when I'm working full time, and then when I'm not working for time, at least six days a week. Um, That's dope. and yeah, and just try to at least, and it might, it might be crap. <laughs> it might be crap, but the whole idea is just kind of getting it out of my head and then going yeah. back and being able to, um, streamline it and organize it and, you know, touch it up and edit it later, but just kind of getting the words on the page mm-hmm. and building that muscle. Yeah. And really building that muscle. Yeah. Cause you're going to be out here, you you know, you're going to be working a lot. For other people, you got to remember to work for yourself. Like, you have to. So, how do you fit watching shows into this? Um, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It's, hard. it's been easier now because of COVID, for sure, because now I'm home. Yeah, when I was, oof, God, when I was working, uh, I wouldn't watch it. I would pick like one show and I would binge it. 
And usually, like, I would maybe watch a couple hours of the show every night, you know? And because I'm into drama, I tend to watch a lot of serialized stuff, you know? So I'm always like, uh, I have to really get into the show and sit with it and just let it watch it from the beginning to end at least one, at least one season. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, I try to maybe a couple hours every day because that helps me unwind too, right? So, um, and then weekends, you know, just watch TV. So tell the tell the listeners about your YouTube channel and what motivated you to to start. Yeah, so I created a YouTube channel. Actually, I originally started it four years ago when I first personally got to L.A., um, primarily because I was looking for people like myself, somebody who was a black writer and had gone through the process of working their way up in the industry and what that was like, like what the real experience was like. And I was, I would read articles about it and it just, I don't know. It's, I just like to gravitate more toward video, toward personality and people. And so I was looking for it on YouTube and there was like no one <laughs> on there. And I was like, what? Everything else is on YouTube. There's 50 million makeup videos. Nobody is talking about how to make it in Hollywood. And I would see, you know, actors, for example, YouTube videos about actors trying to make it and moving to LA and things like that. But I really wanted to see somebody like myself, like a black woman trying to make it in writing specifically, in screenwriting, working their way up to try to become a showrunner. And I just didn't see that. And so I started creating... Um, a channel where I could just, you know, talk about all the things that I was feeling, what I was learning along the way, and just things that came with the idea of trying to make it and trying to push forward in this industry where, you know, there's a lot of, there could be a lot of challenges and just difficulties and things that you don't know or you're not thinking about before you actually, um, before you actually come out here and you try to get in. I, I started it four years ago and then I I got scared and I was like, I don't know enough information. And then I stopped <laughs> and then I picked it up like maybe a year after that. And I started it again and I stopped. And then this year I was like, you know what, Drew, like now, like now I felt more confident that I had. And now I've been in like rooms. I've, I've been around different showrunners. I have a better idea and a better grasp of this industry and how it goes. And so start this thing up again, <laughs> you know what I mean? And really be consistent with it because I really, now I really want to build a community of um, of people who, you know, are trying to, to, to do this because there's so many of us, like, and from all over the country, not even necessarily like California, like all over the country. So, you know, I wanted there to be some, some type of educational something on YouTube um, where I was just talking about what I've learned and, you know, experiences I've had and how to really be a writer's assistant and a showrunner's assistant and, getting representation um, and just kind of hoping to start to be that voice and that help for other people. Dope. Dope. Give us one episode that you really want people to watch on your YouTube channel. Mm. Um, hmm. All of them. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, probably. Well, I say the main, the main three. Well, if Go I can say, it. I know you say one, but I'm gonna say three. So the main three is kind of like the the assistant ones. So like how to be a writer's PA, how to be a showrunner's assistant, how to be a writer's assistant. I think 
those are the three that if you're thinking about moving out here and you, you know, you're like, I want to work my way up and I want to learn. Those are the three that I think are good starter videos. Um, so you can at least get an idea of what to expect and what job you're going to be doing in each of the rooms. Um, because just knowing, just knowing that off the rip, like a lot of the showrunners, they, they just want people to come and they just want people to have basic knowledge, but no one teaches you this. Like no one tells you, especially before you get out here and especially with me, like no one told me like the ins and outs of being a writer's assistant. You know what I'm saying? No one told me the ins and outs, the nuances about being a showrunner's assistant. And I think like, you know, things like that are very important because it's not, it's not like a typical job or assistant executive assistant job you might get at another company. You know, you really got to know the showrunner. You got to be interested in the show. You got to know television a little bit. So I say those three are like the starter kit and then everything else, you know, is just my insight, like tips that I've learned and getting representation, how to do general meetings and, you know, things like that. And writing when you can't write and overcoming fear and it's a lot, but those three, I would say, are like the starter pack Got for it. me. Okay. Yeah. Congrats on that. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a process. It's very scary. Every time. <laughs> Why is it scary? <laughs> uh, you know, you're just putting yourself out there. Like, yeah, that's, it's, that's true. That's never been my, you know, I like to write. I like to be behind a screen door, behind a computer screen, you know, so. Right being in front of the camera is like, okay, like, here we go. You know, it's, it doesn't come naturally to me. So I can't like those little 15, five, five, 15 minute videos. I, it takes me like an hour to film them <laughs> because <laughs> like I edit them and I'm just like, all right, we're just going to cut all these, all these things down. So, you know, but it's just, it's for me, it's like working through fear and work, it's building confidence, building, getting comfortable pitching and putting myself out there, you know? So it's just, it's scary, but I'm getting better at it. So I'm getting better. Well, we wish you the best. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, Drew. Well, this was incredibly informative. And, you know, we thank you so much for coming through today and chatting with us. Yeah. Um, before we let you head out of here, can you tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and how they can stay in touch with you? Yeah, um, so I am on Instagram, Twitter at Drew D, um, YouTube, you can subscribe to my channel, Drew D, D-R-E-U-X-D in the letter D, um, and Facebook at Drew Dougal. So. And your YouTube channel? Yeah, is Drew at Drew D, D-R-E-U-X-D. Okay, and are there any projects that we should look out for? Um, Not yet. I have you know, we're things. in quarantine, so you yeah, know. I got some things in the works that I'm working on, but I don't want to talk That's about fair. it. Yet. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll keep soon. our eye out. Let us know how we can support you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys we taking the time to you. talk to me. Thank you, Drew. Absolutely, yeah, thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to the Black Film Space podcast. This episode was co-executive produced by Gabrielle Charles and Sino Gibson and was edited by Elon Pitot. If you're interested in being part of our community and attending events, please visit us at blackfilmspace.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black Film Space. Subscribe to our email list and podcast. All right, see you soon.